It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we are live at the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host, Scott Martin here. Uh, if my voice sounds different, it is entirely my fault. It is because I don't have my microphone. Um, I left my laptop at work, actually. So we're recording this through Zoom. Uh, Scott's on his laptop, his microphone, and he sounds great. I'm on my phone with AirPods. So unfortunately, we're just going to have to make this thing work. Uh, but it is Wednesday evening. Uh, we're going to be releasing this on Thursday. So as we are speaking, it is Kenneth Walker days away from MSU football. As you are listening, it is either Kirk Cousins, TJ Duckett days away from MSU football. Jalen Naylor. If you Jaylen Naylor. last year's a lot, trend a alive. Lot of good eights out there, yeah. We've got three straight already from last year's team, right? Because it was uh, Hayward, Thorne, and Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Yep. Playing the hits. Trend rolling. That's right. So, um, yeah, we've got, we've got a lot to get to in this episode. We gave you the MSU season prediction on Monday's show. So if you haven't listened to that, which I'm sure you have, uh, make sure you go back and listen. We went game by game through the whole schedule, predicting MSU's final record, which we'll touch again on today. But uh, today we're doing the whole big 10. We're doing every Power Five conference and the champions. We're doing a playoff. We're doing a national champion. We're doing a Heisman winner. Uh, bef- before we get to all of that, uh, we've got some MSU news to talk about. Scott, we've got a commitment. We've got a decommitment. And we've got a transfer portal edition. Which one do we want to hit on first? Let's start with the bad news. I always like to start with the bad news I if too. I can. Um So Demetrius Bell, the lone wide receiver commit in the 2023 class, has decided to pull his name out of our commit list for this year and evaluate his options. Not a lot of chatter on whether the book is like officially closed on MSU or not, although I would imagine 95 plus percent of the time kids decommit, they end up somewhere else. So I wouldn't anecdotally, I can't remember a single example but i would love if if anybody's listening and knows of somebody who decommitted and then recommitted but i just feel like that would be such an awkward place i can't even imagine it there's something ringing deep in my brain 
that remembers something like that, but I can't conjure it up on the spot. Anyway, Demetrius Bell, wide receiver, on his way out. Definitely a big athlete to lose um, in the class. That said, surprise level is like a 0 out of 10. One way or another, this busy wide receiver room is going to have repercussions. We thought we might see it in the transfer portal this summer. We didn't. Um, but I think that log jam has trickled down. If I had to guess, this is speculation, but if I had to guess, he's seeing all the youngsters coming in. Jeremy Bernard reports are flying out of every publication about how well he's doing. There's a lot of young talent in that room and not saying he doesn't want the smoke, but maybe he just wants to find a place that's not quite as crowded, uh, more power to him from an MSU perspective. You always love to have talent at skill positions, but personally, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. And it's, it's early in the recruiting process. Like you said, he was the only wide receiver commit so far, but it's August. There's plenty of time for that. That's the nature. I, Mel Tucker spoke about this recently where he had a quote about um, the evaluate the, the constant recruiting of, of guys, even once they're committed you know, they're not actually committed. And he was saying that, you know, there are guys that you talk to that will tell you, you know, yeah, coach, my, my recruitment is completely open. And you're like, um, but you're committed. <laughs> yeah, coach. Nope. My, my recruitment's open. I, I'm ready for, for business basically. So the commitment, the quote unquote, maybe, maybe we go the Graham couch route. <laughs> maybe we just stop calling them commitments. I don't know. We, we call them pledges and, uh, and move on. It's just the nature you start recruiting at this level, you know, you bring in, what was it like 11, four-star guys that we have in the class. That's just, you know, teams that recruit at a top 10, 15, 20 level, they have guys that decommit and they find other guys to fill their places. I don't think it's the biggest news in the world. Um, there was a very slim chance of the the whole class committing and then holding their commitments and us going on to signing day, uh, holding hands and skipping to the finish line. You were going to have one or two guys drop out, right? So this is just uh, you know part of the game. But you lose one, you gain one. Jalen Thompson, right? Cast Tech, uh, top two. I think he barely sneaks into the top two hundred. On the, on the composite ranking. And they, I want to say he's like 197 without having it in front of me right now. Um, but we add our third edge player to this class, the BT effect, the Brandon Jordan effect is in full swing. He joins Andrew DePepe and uh, by Job as an awesome, I think we were just talking about this maybe a month ago about, man, if we got Jalen Thompson, right. And, and now the, the haze in the barn, so to speak. We got Jalen Thompson, which again, we were just talking about how you never really know until you know. But that said, I love the way this edge class is coming together with those three. Yeah, the, the BT Jordan effect, um, as plenty have dubbed it, is in full swing. I don't, I would hesitate to call them all edge. By Job is confirmed edge. I think to Pepe and, um, Thompson both have the potential to play across the line, depending on how their development goes. I think if you suited them up right now, they'd, they'd all be edges, but I mean, to pay and Thompson, both at two forty-five already with yeah. the year to play um, could be one of those kind of guys who moves into the 
interior on third down. We'll see. Either way, heck of an arsenal to bring in for BT Jordan's first recruiting class. Also, Marco Coleman's first recruiting class. I think Jordan gets a lot of the uh, a lot of the attention. Yeah. Right? He's flashy. He's active on social media. He's he's a fun youngster who's a, who's a great quote in front of a microphone. But by all accounts, Marco Coleman, who is the defensive line coach for this team is also a great recruiter, great at connecting with the guys. And um, yeah, props to, to that whole squad. I don't know if they're done either. I could see, you know, speaking of positions, you love to have athletes and weapons at, I could see another name trickling into this group, but before the, uh, the end of the uh, signing period. You can never have enough uh, line scrimmage guys one way or the other offensive or defensive linemen. So if we bring in another one, Hey, I'll, I'll welcome them with open arms. What position uh, other... can you <clears throat> afford to not have a stable of dudes? Like we keep saying, you can never have enough. Yeah. Like what can you ever have enough of kickers? Guess... Because we just got another one. Depends. It depends on how you feel about the kickers in the building. Um, I mean, linebacker. I don't know. Like, I feel like if you're a little thin at linebacker, it's like, yeah, like, all right, we'll, we'll be okay. Um, Says the but yeah, maybe fan. kicker. Yeah, that's true. We did bring another kicker. Um, so clearly the competition wasn't as positive as Mel Tucker made it sound in his uh, press conferences. When asked about the kicking position, it was always, you know, we, we like what we see out of these two. And we were just saying before we start recording, the we've seen Stephen Rusneck kick in a college atmosphere and it wasn't pretty. So if that truly was a competition, then that was never going to be a good thing. So you bring in a grad transfer with three years of eligibility from Auburn, a, a kind of a unique case, but a local uh, Michigan product in what was it? Ben Patton, Ben Patton, Rochester Adams high school who, depending on how you read his very limited uh, resume, could be a very good or very bad. He had was a 49-yard kick in overtime in the Iron Bowl against Alabama. He drills it. As he was getting drilled, somebody posted the highlight of him actually kicking it through the uprights. He got nailed right after that kick. I don't know how there wasn't a penalty. Uh, but he also has six career attempts. And one of those attempts is a miss from 25 yards away. So you can read into those numbers as much as you want. At the end of the day, we now have probably a three-man kicking competition. And I have no idea how that's going to work itself out. To be honest, I don't feel super confident about it. And kicking is one of those positions where people will laugh it off and laugh it off. Oh, it's just a kicker. And you say that until you need a kicker. And um, unfortunately, we, we already gave our predictions. I have us winning nine games. Scott has us winning 10 games. Um, I think there are a, a lot of close games on the schedule. And if you don't have a reliable kicker, some of those close games start looking a lot less uh, optimistic. I don't know. But uh, yeah, we, we have another kicker, another guy in the competition. Never heard staff competition. Um, my prediction of 10 and two this year is completely 
reliant upon the kickers figuring themselves out. That is that is such a <laughs> it has to be the least of our concerns. If it's higher on the list, we, we've got other things to you're, worry about. We you're living in a house of cards there. <laughs> yeah. So it'll figure itself out. I'm still on Team Stone. Um, but any of them, if they decide they want to be a good kicker, I'm I'm all for it. Um yeah, so that's that's the news. Two uh, two in, one out, um, and we're nine days from MSU football. Kevin, we're also three days away from week zero action. Is that right? Yeah, I, don't, I think I think Saturday. I don't think there are any Thursday or Friday, so I think it's just Saturday. Um, and in, into the weekend as well. I think there's a sun, Sunday games too. But yeah, just a couple days away from real, actual college football. Maybe not the most aesthetically pleasing matchups, but real college football nonetheless. Kevin, how would you make college football that wasn't exciting more exciting? Uh, I would probably head to DraftKings, but I don't know. That's just me. If you are heading over to DraftKings, uh, obviously you have college football spreads. You have, uh, I mean, it's the best sports book on the planet, but you have Rainmakers football, the first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFLPA. You can now play all season long for millions of prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. Playing Rainmakers is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player card NFTs from the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions in DraftKings Marketplace. Craft uh, lineups of athletes from your NFT collection, and then it's effectively just fantasy football from there. So build your NFT franchise and enter free Rainmakers football contests all season long to compete for millions in prizes. The next generation of fantasy sports is here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now. Sign up with promo code TPPN. That's for the Big Skin Podcast Network, of which we're a proud member. Click the Rainmakers tile. Opt in to get your free car- first card free. Plus, play for millions in prizes all football season while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers football. That's promo code TPPN. Build, play, win only at DraftKings. Contest entries depend on type and number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. You got any? Uh, you got any hot tips on those uh, week zero lines, Scott? I was seeing if I could download DraftKings plugin on my desktop before you finished the ad read, and <laughs> I was not successful. So that would have been a hell of an ad for DraftKings. You can even download it by the time we finish this ad read. Yeah, they got to make their ad read longer. Um, no, they they got a whole location service thing. I I know uh, it's 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 a little bit of a process, but it it is less than five minutes for those who haven't signed up yet. It's not a long process, but it's not a snap of the finger either. So we've got a couple games this weekend and the first of which this weekend that's this weekend this saturday i was really bummed my wife is going to the harry styles concert this friday props to her probably probably be a pretty good you are not 
you're not joining at the Harry Styles I, concert. I won't be there. Um, <laughs> but I was really hoping, you know, I'm like Friday night to myself. It's going to be a party, you know, sports yeah. watching party. And I was like, there's, there's a game, right? I can head to DraftKings. I can find New Mexico State against, you know, whomever. Tulsa. <laughs> and I'll throw five bucks on it and I'll drink a few beers and I'll have myself a Friday night. Unfortunately, somehow the powers that be did not make it happen to have a Friday week zero game. It's blasphemous. If you ask me missed opportunity, I don't understand how they're not taking advantage of this, but nonetheless, they're not. And I'm one step closer to finding these spreads for college football. <laughs> I made it through. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I got there we one. Go. All right. We'll start with I was gonna the... say if we need any more uh <laughs> so the the non Big Ten versus Big Ten game, Wyoming and Illinois has a closer spread than the t- the game between the two Big Ten teams. So plenty to dive into here, but Kevin, Illinois at home minus eleven against Wyoming who I think are the Broncos or the Cowboys it's the Cowboys yeah Cowboys so with their their mustard yellow and brown uniforms (laughs) so Illinois kicking off the Big Ten's non-conference slate hosting Wyoming and only a touchdown and a half favorite yeah I I like Illinois I think they've uh they're going to be well coached enough They've got a good run game. Uh, they're not going to take this one lightly because I think they know that they're Illinois. Uh, and I think Wyoming kind of sucks this year. So I like Wyoming to cover, or I like Illinois to cover, excuse me. Two touchdowns, like that'll, that'll take care of business. Over-under is 44 for that one as well. So Ooh, that's yeah, gonna that's going to be, gonna be uh, <laughs> it's in that four o'clock slot. If you don't like the sound of that action, you can always head to Yukon and Utah State, the other four o'clock. Oh, <laughs> that one's got a 27 they, point. They spread. really are. They really are testing how much we really want live football on our TVs <laughs> with these games. Speaking of how much I want to watch live football, the one game I know I'm going to tune in for this weekend, the 12th. I'm genuinely game. excited. In Dublin, Ireland, the ever so Irish Nebraska Cornhuskers. It cracks me up every are time. Thirteen point favorites, and I don't know. I, they're listed as a visitor. I mean, obviously, there's no there's no home in a way, but being hosted by the visiting Northwestern Wildcats, who for some reason feel Irish to me. But I don't know if they're actually Irish at all. I think it's just a it's a Pat Fitzgerald. It's um it's a Chicago land. You know they just got an, an Irish vibe to them. Yeah. So fun fact points. you fun fact about that is because Northwestern is a home team here. So the the Big Ten West and the Big Ten East. I don't know how many people know this. They alternate which division has five home games and four road games and five road games and four home games because we have nine conference games and they just alternate it. They figure out the schedule and they alternate it by division. So this is a year where the West only has four home games because this is a a conference game. Northwestern is listed as the home team. Northwestern only has three home games 
and not just in conference play, the entire season. What? So your your Northwestern season ticket package is is very light. I'm, I might I for sure that's the the deal with the conference play. They might have snuck in a uh, a non-conference home game in there, but I'm pretty sure like they go to at Duke or something. They got a they've got a really wonky schedule this year. We're looking this up on the spot because I think you're wrong. They're playing all their non-conference at home. Are they okay? So then, but it's they're just Big, the Big Ten. Ten they slate. do only have three home games. Yeah, they're playing Duke, okay, so... Southern Illinois, and my. I mean, Northwestern's never really actually had a home football game. <laughs> they play near their campus, but that's about the extent of it. So they still get uh, what's that? Five, six home games, but only three Big Ten home games, which is uh, a tough slate for them. So. On the other side of the ball, Nebraska, the carousel has done another lap, and we've got some exciting new transfers in Lincoln. And Scott Frost apparently is still worth having hope in if you're a Nebraska <laughs> Cornhuskers fan. Um, maybe the first win in a road to a bowl game, Kevin. Do you think Nebraska wins? Do you think Nebraska covers? No. Neither. I got Northwestern. Nope. Straight up. Give me the this. This just for no other analysis than this just feels like a game that Northwestern beats Nebraska. Like this is just the type of kind of weird game that Northwestern always seems to win, and the same type of weird game that Nebraska always seems to lose. That's my analysis. A Northwestern (laughs) win. It just feels no, no. I read. See, this is why you knock off the rust before you dive into the full predictions. I have a Nebraska win. So, okay. Do you think they would cut? That's a pretty big number, though. I do not think they would cover. I think they win by like nine because they they don't have the capacity to win by double digits. But if it's within one score, they will lose. So it has to be either eight or nine. So I'll give them a <laughs> nine point win. There it is. So there's your there's your week zero slate presented by DraftKings if they want to present. I don't know. Um, let's let's get into these uh, standings. So we're going to run through basically to to set it up again. We're going to run through the whole Big Ten. We're going to give you our predictions. We have picked every game for every Big Ten team. So when you are telling me that I'm an idiot because of this or that I'm a genius because of this team, um, I encourage you to do the same. It is an interesting exercise. You do end up looking at it at the end and, and kind of think to yourself, like, really? Like eight wins for this team or four wins for this team? You know, you kind of surprise yourself sometimes when you actually have to pick everyone. We'll go through the whole Big Ten and then we'll run through real quick because we are college football fans and we do have, a, uh, I guess, a platform to to make predictions. We'll pick uh, conference winners. We'll throw the playoff, the national championship, and the Heisman in there too. So let's go over to the Big Ten. Let's, uh, let's start in the West. So, Scott, run down. I want seven to one. You can give me the records if you want to uh, with the Big Ten West. All right, well, we're going to start with a couple of the teams we were just talking about. 
number seven in the Big Ten West, I've got the Fighting Illini. I've got them at three and nine Ooh. overall. Ooh. I've got them at one and eight in conference. I just like you Our said guy about Big Kurt is not going to be happy. No, that's okay. Um, there's just not that many wins to go around, like you said in the Big Ten. And when I sit down and I look at, I try to look at each individual game. I try to give it a little bit of context, but later in the season, you don't know what context there will be anyway. So I really try to look at these in a vacuum. And maybe that means I'm more biased towards the conventional outcome of the game, but I just, I don't see Illinois winning many of these games. They have a ton of road games. Um, yeah, I just, I don't see it for them. So Illinois, number seven, number six, Northwestern, also one and eight in conference. Uh, I have their one win at, where is it? Illinois not at Illinois, home against Illinois. So that edges them out for the tiebreaker at the bottom of the Big Ten West for sixth. Fifth, I've got Nebraska, four and five in conference, six and six, which means the Cornhuskers are (laughs) going bowling. I wonder if that keeps his job. That can't keep your job. What's a year five Scott Frost? We've been saying that every year, though. Into a bowl you know game. he's going to walk in. He's going to be like, but we're improving. <laughs> and he'll be like, yes, Scott, yes. Um, we doubled our win total from last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I got Nebraska number five in the Big Ten West. Number four, three and four are tied, both overall and conference records. I've got Iowa in fourth, losing a tiebreaker to Minnesota. Tiebreakers were clean. I didn't have to get into any three-way ties. It was just straight up head-to-head. I've got Minnesota beating Iowa this year. But that's second or third and fourth, which you may have guessed by now, leaves Purdue and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I also have a tie at the top at 10-2 and two and 7-2. and two, I have Wisconsin edging out Purdue to take the bid to Indy. But if you ask the folks in Ann Arbor, that is co-division champions according to the big 10 bylaws <laughs> all right so we we've got some differences here this is fun um i, th- I want to say like i i don't have the graphic in front of me from last year that we did uh we were relatively in lockstep for a lot of last year this is this is quite a bit different so i've got Seventh place, Northwestern Wildcats, four and eight overall, two and seven in the conference. Northwestern, I feel like they'll they'll squeeze out a couple wins that you don't expect them to, but they're just not talented at all. Which uh, which non conference do you have them losing? Duke. I have Northwestern. Where are they here? I've got Northwestern beating Nebraska and then losing to Duke. I just feel like that's kind of a, a that feels right. Point, yeah. I, I right? could. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not what I have, but I, I, it, that tracks. So sixth place uh, via a tiebreaker. This is, is actually, I, I don't know exactly how the tiebreakers work. I didn't bother to look this up. So these two teams have the same conference record. One of the teams beat the other team in head to head but the team that loses the head-to-head has the better overall record, and I think the head-to-head would win out, and they would get the nod. Yeah, it wins really outside matter. the conference never come into the Big Ten standings. I figure, yeah. 
So that leaves sixth place, the Purdue Boilermaker, six and six. Whoa. Overall. I don't, I, I think Aiden O'Connell is a good quarterback. I think he could be a very good quarterback, but I don't think he's good enough to like elevate a team to a win that they wouldn't have otherwise had. Like, I don't think he's a, a quarterback that can beat a team that is clearly superior because of his play. And David Bell, I actually just looked this up today for something else. In 12 regular season games, David Bell had 133 targets. Like, I I think losing David Bell at wide receiver is a big deal. And you lose a first-round pick defensive end in George Karloftis. And I just, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I just don't think Purdue can swallow two like bona fide NFL guys in the same off season and just come back and be okay. So let me I see. I still think they'll get to a bowl game, but I just, I don't see them competing for the West at all. So you've got losses, I'm guessing to Penn state, Minnesota, Maryland, Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Um, let's see. Purdue. Yeah. Losses, Penn state, Minnesota. I've got them losing at Maryland. Right, uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois. So Illinois, oh, Illinois. Do you have a win against Nebraska? Okay. Uh, yeah. So Illinois was the tiebreaker there. Illinois then in uh, in fifth place at five and seven overall, but also three and six in the conference. Uh, and then I've got Nebraska in fourth place, also at six and six, sneaking into a bowl game and saving Scott Frost's job. And then I have a three-way tie. This is the most Big Ten West thing of all time. I got a three-way tie for the division lead. I've got Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. I've got Minnesota winning out in the tiebreakers because they will beat Iowa and Wisconsin and win the West and represent the West in the big 10 title game. I think basically, I think those three are a clear head above the rest of the division. And I think those are three teams that basically they all play good defense. They all have a good running game, but Minnesota to me has the highest passing game ceiling. Um, you have uh, Tanner Morgan, who I think of Graham Mertz and Spencer Petrus and Tanner Morgan. I think Morgan is the best quarterback of those three. And then you reunite him with the offensive coordinator that he had with their, what was that, a 10-win, 11-win season in 2019. Um, so I think those are three similar teams. And Minnesota just has – they have a passing game ceiling that the other two don't. And that's kind of gives me that little edge, uh, but I've got a three-way tie Minnesota with the tiebreakers heading to uh, heading to Indy for the first time under, uh, under PJ Fleck. All right. I got, I need Purdue to come through for me. That's really the, uh, the hit or miss here is what I'm hearing. Yeah. The rest are similar, but Purdue biggest similar difference. enough. Yeah. I just think Wisconsin, when it comes to like that, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin has, their defense is a cut above Minnesota and Iowa. Well, I was good last year, but Wisconsin's Iowa's defense good. was underrated yeah. really good last year. Um, and Iowa's got two like all American type with Jack Campbell at linebacker and uh, Riley Moss at corner. Yep. 
And it's so, Iowa. I mean, they're always Phil Parker is an excellent defensive coordinator. So I have to say, having the, I think they consider it like a four way rivalry: Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska. Basically, um, yeah. Even though it's really three, I'm not putting Nebraska ne- in that realm until mm-hmm. they earn it. I, Nebraska and Iowa fan, have like a a made up rivalry, I think, and then those three though are, they go they go back a ways. I I very much enjoyed being a Big Ten East fan and watching those that carousel of teams like battle for the top. I will say say what you want about the Big Ten West, like not being the same talent level. Although I think if you take Ohio State out of the picture, they're very close. Um, they do have parity in that conference, and even Northwestern has been to the Big Ten championship now. Nebraska has been there. Wisconsin's obviously been there. You've got Purdue, Minnesota, Iowa's been there. Like, great division of football if you're looking for, mm-hmm. like, legitimate drama competition and, like, running down. It is what? going – I could almost – I would put money above anything else in this division on the division winner not being established by the last week of the regular season. And on top of that, you know, the Big Ten West gets a lot of crap nationally because of the style of play that most teams have. But you line up the Big Ten West against basically any other division in college football besides, like, the SEC West. And, I mean, I would take this division over either of the ACC divisions. I would probably take it – yeah, I would take it over either of the Pac-12 divisions. Um, And if you – like, the Big Big 12 doesn't have divisions, but if you just kind of split the Big 12 in half – uh, I would take the Big Ten West over whatever half that you gave me. So it's a really good division. It just doesn't have that one elite team that's a playoff contender that kind of carries the narrative. But it's, I mean, top to bottom, generally pretty darn good football. Like the East always gets the the representation nationally, but the East also has like Rutgers and Maryland and Indiana every given year. Um, the Big Ten West, they don't really have that. I mean, sometimes Northwestern sucks. Sometimes Illinois sucks. But like going into this year, I, I, don't, I think every single one of these teams is going to be a tough out. So let's head over with that. Let's head over to the East. Um, you already know our Michigan State records. But uh, I guess what you don't know is where that stacks us in the East. Uh, I'll start with this one. So coming in in seventh um, because of a tiebreaker, the Indiana Hoosiers three and nine overall one and eight in the conference. I just couldn't find any wins for them, man. I talked about it in the MSU uh, predictions, but that program's in a bad spot right now, sharing that seventh, sixth place, but getting the tiebreaker win is the Rutgers Scarlet Knights also at three and nine, one and eight in the conference. Uh, fifth place going bowling, uh, but not by much is the Maryland Terrapins. I got them at six and six. And then I've got this, this was another, uh, I guess a trend in my <laughs> predictions. I don't know how it really worked out this way. I promised that I didn't try to make it work out this way. I've got a tie for second place with three teams 
who are all nine and three and six and three in the conference. So I've got six, nine and three teams in the big 10. I don't know how that worked out, but you can guess who they are. Penn state, Michigan, Michigan state. And I, I see those teams lumped together a lot closer than I guess the, the rest of the media does. And that look, I've been a Michigan state fan for 28 years now. I know that Michigan is going to get a lot more preseason hype than anybody else. Um, but I think they're really going to miss those defensive pieces in Hutchinson, Ajabo, and Daxon Hill. And I, I've got them nine and three. I don't have them falling off the face of the planet here, but um, I do think that they're going to miss those guys a little bit more than people are expecting. And I think Penn State's not really getting the the credit that they deserve there either. But uh, first place it's Ohio state. I've got them going 12 and 0. I've got them running the table. This Ohio state offense, they might have the best quarterback in the country, the best wide receiver in the country and the best running back in the country and a pretty darn good offensive line. And then if, if that wide receiver gets hurt, they'll be fine because they have five stars everywhere. If that running back gets hurt, they'll be fine because they've got five stars everywhere. Shoot, if their quarterback gets hurt, they'll probably still win 10 games. So uh, I've got them running the table. They, I could see a couple places that they might lose a game, but I would still be surprised. All right, this one's a little uh, little chalkier in terms of, of what we got. Um, I also just don't see wins for the Hoosiers this year. I didn't even give them the benefit of one conference win. I've got them at two and mm. 10, Oh, and nine. Uh, I think Western Kentucky could be tough for them. It was tough for them last year. They got, I mean, they just got lucky for anyone who didn't watch that game uh, yeah. getting out of, and they played at Western Kentucky last year. It was a nightmare, <laughs> was a nightmare <laughs> night game for them. They're now making with this new TV contract, they're making what a hundred million dollars a year and they're going on the road to Western Kentucky. Like, what are you guys doing this year? They're going <laughs> at Cincy. I know they're, they're playing a playoff team on the road in week four, a playoff G five team on the road. That sounds like the worst non-conference scheduling decision that has ever been made. You have nothing to gain, nothing to gain. Sure. Yeah. If you win, you could beat a, reigning college football playoff team but it's also just going to be dismissed as a group of five team and they're probably going to be like 17 point underdogs so (laughs) so anyway terrible indiana bad losses all across the board it's an exodus there poor tom allen and his smiling face and his quips about loving each other are just really not not fueling the train anymore down there um Rutgers in sixth. I got them at three and nine, one and eight in the conference. Their lone conference win is Indiana. You might have guessed. Uh, interesting first game at Boston College for them. Oh, that's I, yeah. I, again, terrible, but like, okay. If you want to schedule like a lower tier power five, that's probably going to beat you on the road, then like by all means. This is my uh, one chance to bring up my one of my favorite college quarterbacks this year, Phil Dracovic at uh, Boston College. He's going to be a, a first two days NFL draft pick. And you'll see That's him my, first uh, torching the Scarlet Knights defense week one. Exactly. <laughs> so Rutgers three and nine. Maryland also have him sneaking into a bowl at six and six and three and six in conference. 
Um, besides the other two that I think are bad, I just don't see too many conference wins. Their non-conference is pretty generous. Buffalo at Charlotte and South Alabama. So I see them winning all three of those. I think they're going to be a competitive team this year, but I think they're just going to be a cut below the, uh, the cream of the big 10. So yeah, I think six and six, three and six, and then you get into the big dogs. So fourth, I've got Penn state at the, they were kind of the short stick with the Michigan, Michigan state, Penn state trio for me. I just last year left a bad taste in my mouth with Penn state. They just looked bad. They still have the same quarterback. I know they have tons of talent, but they've also consistently underutilized their talent under James Franklin and completely bottled the end of games with relative consistency. I mean, if you're looking for a team that behaves like Nebraska, even though they win more games, it's Penn state. Um, a lot of talent shoot themselves in the foot all the time. What what do you have for the record for them? Eight and four and six and three. Well, I'm curious. What were the losses you had? I I gave Purdue the win week one, which I'm sure you did. Oh, okay. Have. So that yeah, it's on the road at Purdue. Yeah. So I have them losing that. I have them losing to Auburn on the road. I just Ooh, Big okay. Ten teams early season non conference they never perform well um, on the road. Michigan and Ohio State losses. Okay. Spoiler alert. I had them losing, so I had them going five and zero to start, and then a bye week, and then three straight losses to Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, and then a, a four game run to close it out. I had a weird schedule. So we them. both like the Nittany Lions over the Spartans this year. Interesting. Yep. So, which brings me to my second and third place tie, which would be another hilarious oh end to a season. <laughs> Michigan and Michigan State both sitting at seven and two in the conference and ten and two overall. I have Michigan State winning in the big house as we went over last episode, which would put us in second, which would just be hilarious, right? If we tied again, I mean, we would have the tiebreaker which would theoretically give us bragging rights, but like there would still just be something out there <laughs> saying, well, nobody gets the upper hand this year either. You got to keep this rivalry as toxic as possible. Yeah. So throw in one bad call and like, you know, before the, uh, the kick first kickoff, the wind was blowing the wrong direction and gives them an excuse. But um, I've got Michigan state technically finishing in second with the tiebreaker which leaves Ohio state running the table 12 and 0 9 and 0 it just again i sit down i look at each individual game in a vacuum and i try to imagine those two teams playing and it's just there's no way to envision Notre Dame losing a game Notre Notre Dame Ohio state i think Notre Dame <laughs> that i was looking at Notre Dame i think they're the maybe biggest challenger i mean Week and one. Ohio State is a i think it's 17 and a half point favorite in that game <laughs> right now <laughs> the only thing working in their favor is that it's week one. They've got a new defense. Anything can happen in week one because things just don't always pan out early in the season, even for the best teams. And that's always the risk scheduling a big game early in the season. It happened to Ohio state last year, right? Probably a playoff team if they hadn't lost to Oregon, as long as they keep it close against Michigan, but they lost that early season game and, and it cost them a playoff appearance. So uh, nonetheless, 
I think they get back to their winning ways. Just too much talent to uh, to put your money against the Buckeyes these days. Um, I got them 12 and 0 and rounding out the top of the conference, taking on the Badgers for a classic Ohio State Wisconsin Big Ten championship. <laughs> yeah, we've seen that one a couple times. Um, I I want to run through real quick. I I have um, from DraftKings the over under, so won't go through every team, but there's a couple teams on here that I'm like a full game and a half or more over or under a total. So if anybody is listening to me and saying like, oh, that makes sense. Um, those totals are out there. Do with that what you will. Uh, I've got Iowa clearing over under seven and a half pretty easily. Same with Minnesota over under is seven and a half. I've got both of those very obviously over, um, Nebraska. I've got a full game and a half under their seven and a half win total, Nebraska, seven and a half. I'll repeat that one more time. Nebraska has a seven and a half win over under, uh, Purdue, I've got them, unfortunately, under uh, that seven and a half number by quite a bit. The whole Big Ten West is basically over under seven and a half. Um, MSU, I've got blowing past their over under of seven and a half uh, with nine wins. And then Ohio State's over under is ten and a half. I've got them undefeated. So uh, clearing that number pretty easily. And then the rest of them were uh, – either within a half game or a couple of them were right on the number. So wanted to mention that in case anybody was curious. Yeah, I've got Nebraska under, I'll, they'll do any more than a game. Nebraska I've got at six, they're at seven and a half. Just, that's just attention betting uh, that's driven that lineup. Um, Wisconsin eight and a half. I have them at 10 somebody's got to win the games. I mean, these over-unders, all the teams are between four and eight and a half. It's like someone yep. will finish lower <laughs> or higher than those, but the law of averages, you know, sending everybody to the middle. Um, a lot of these are pretty close. Obviously I've got MSU two and a half games over seven and a half. I've got Ohio state a game and a half over um, Indiana. I've got two games under, so pretty close, but I'm high on Purdue. I'm low on Illinois. I'm high on MSU. I'm low on nobody else in the Big Ten. So. <laughs> so to wrap up the Big Ten, safe to say you have Ohio State winning that Big Ten championship. I don't even think I wrote that down. But I, I don't. I didn't yeah. even bother. It's just <laughs> they're going to win the Big Ten. Um, so we'll run through. We'll we'll try to rapid fire this a little bit. I think the Big Ten stuff is kind of the main event here for most people listening, but. Uh, we are a college football fan, so we'll we'll give our predictions. We'll throw them out there. We'll go quick, um, quick cut. We'll go through the rest of the Power Five divisions or conferences, and then uh, finished off with a little playoff in Heisman. So we got the Big Ten. We both have Ohio State winning it. Uh, let's head out west with the Pac-12. Uh, I'm going to start here. I, Utah is going to win the Pac-12. Uh, I've got a I've got a nice ticket out on that. I think they're the most physical team in that conference with arguably the best quarterback and the best coach in that conference, as far as like proven commodities at their current school, um, Lincoln Riley, it's their first year. I was going to say, just, you better add some qualifiers yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. There, there are a couple of qualifiers there, but you have USC and Oregon first year head coaches and Utah is kind of a machine right now. So I think Utah's going to run away with that thing. 
I really want Utah to be legit good, right? They're not like one of the thoroughbreds in the Pac-12, the has-beens in the Pac-12, but they're like super fun team to watch. Their defense plays with a ton of energy. Uh, They've been on the scene for a few years now, five or so, it feels like. That's just off the top of my head, but in terms of real legit football teams, and it would just be really fun to have a West Coast team kind of come out of the woodwork to really shake things up nationally. I also have Utah coming out of the Pac-12. So Big 12, I've got a repeat champion here. I've got the Baylor Bears. I, I love Baylor. I love Dave Aranda, their head coach. Uh, they have a top five-ish offensive line in the country. Um, they've got a lot of stuff to replace, but I just kind of trust Dave Aranda. Uh, Texas, <laughs> it's Texas. Like if you're picking Texas to win that conference, you're crazy. Oklahoma, again, first-year head coach. The one sleeper dark horse, if Baylor isn't enough of a dark horse, uh, Kansas State. Look out for Kansas State. But uh, yeah, I've got Baylor winning the Big 12. I don't know what to make of the Big 12. Probably the most shaken up conference uh, in terms of just off-season news. It feels... It, I wonder if anybody's compiled everything that's happened in college football in the last, like since the last season in terms of conference alignments, coaching changes, like new rules, new TV deals. It, it feels like it's been forever, but the big 12 still intact for this, for the time I've got Oklahoma. I think they retained enough talent, although a lot of the big names left for USC, I think Oklahoma, they've got a great foundation built there. The conference is in a place that if you have to have kind of a reset year and still try to be competitive, I think there's no clear top dog that's going to keep Oklahoma down. So I think Oklahoma does enough. Brett Venables in his first season gets the job done. Oklahoma is in the Ohio State tier of they're never bad. Like their bad seasons are seven win seasons. So you can always count on them at the worst case. They're still going to be really good. Um, so I think that's a pretty safe bet there. Um, I actually have two, my big 12, I have, uh, Oklahoma at like plus 210 and Baylor, it, it was like plus 700 when that number came out. Plus odds for both. So as long as either of those teams win, I'll make a little profit. And I can't imagine really any other team actually winning that conference. So I, I feel pretty good about my picks there. Um, the SEC, Vanderbilt, who you got, Scott? <laughs> I have Alabama. Um, I wanted to take Georgia, but Georgia lost some big pieces, and Bama's always going to be Bama. I just think they're a little bit more well-developed in terms of replacing talent last year. This was funny. I, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but – Recently, Nick Saban had a press conference and somehow the interviewer, not a press conference, an actual interview, and the interviewer asked him something that led him to say that 2021 was a rebuild. (laughs) Did we talk about that on the podcast? We didn't, no. So Nick Saban told the reporter that last year was a rebuild for them. And uh, we all know how their season went last year. And... I think it was Josh Pate from CBS Sports who 
went on and basically his argument was valid. It was like, yeah, I mean, if you look at the talent they lost from 2020 to 2021, it was enormous by any other team standards. You'd be writing them off for like eight wins at best. Maybe we'll see him next year, but Alabama just has such a high floor with the amount of talent and just residual, like strong foundation they have built that they can't, they don't have the capacity to win less than 10 games in a season. Like it's, it's literally impossible. It's no longer in the realm of, of possibility. So I think Georgia is looking at similar to what Bama went through last season. And I, Georgia's don't get me wrong. They got plenty of dudes, but not quite at the level of Bama. And last year, Bama was laying groundwork for maybe, I mean, well, I'll save the spoilers. I think Bama wins the conference. Well, yeah. And again, in, in the rebuilding year, remember that I, in one of their two neutral site games, Bama still beat Georgia. Like, <laughs> so, um, God, that that program is so ridiculous. I also have Bama. I think this Bama team might be a total FU tour of beating everybody by 60 points. Uh, This is going to be one of those. We started a bunch of freshmen and sophomores last year, and those guys couldn't leave by rules. They have to be back. (laughs) And good luck, college football. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, I, yeah, I've got Bama winning the SEC. I don't, I don't think there's any point in putting any money anywhere other than Bama and Georgia. And I even think putting money on Georgia to win the SEC is just not a good spot to be in. So, um, it's, it's Bama. So you don't have Stet, uh, Stetson Bennett winning the Heisman? No, no, I don't. Unfortunately, I love the kid. I, I still, <laughs> I, I will always cherish what was it? Good morning America. When he came on, just you could very clearly, we've all been there. It's that mix between I'm still drunk, but I'm also really hung over. <laughs> and he just, his eyes are glazed over. He's like, it, there's like a three second delay with every answer. Uh, that was a legendary post championship uh, interview, but going over to the ACC, um, I'll, I'll let you start there. I, the ACC is kind of weird this year. This is one of the hardest ones for me to predict. Um, Clemson's up there in the preseason rankings. They always are. They're a brand now. I just, I don't think they have what they need to, to show it all of a sudden this year. Um, is Uyunglele still their quarterback? Yeah, he, they actually so. just named him the starter. Yeah. And I just don't think he's he's the dude. Um, I don't get me wrong. I think he has a potential to be a great quarterback. I just think when it comes to like being a national championship contender, he's holding them back a little bit. Uh, I didn't admittedly research the ACC that deeply, but I'm going with NC State. Kind of a gut selection. Pitt's in there too, but Pitt has way too much to replace. I'm actually surprised they're getting as much love as they are. Um, I like NC State. And Pat Narduzzi is a crazy person. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like NC State. I don't think – I think it might be like a two-loss champion. I just – I don't love the ACC at all this year. Really, top to bottom, it's just pretty boring. And I think, honestly, that if they don't make big moves quick, they're kind of headed towards irrelevancy pretty quick here in college football. 
Yeah, and a lot of people this have kind of pegged this as the NC State year. Just that, I mean, it's been they've been really good the last couple of years, and like all of those guys are kind of seniors now, and so it's kind of like as as a quote unquote developmental program. You know, a lot of places get those tags where it's like you you have one season every six, seven, eight years that it's like we ended up kind of stumbling into a couple really good recruiting classes and all those guys stayed and now all those guys are upperclassmen and this is the year that that we have uh pegged i it's boring but i just think clemson's defense is going to be so good this year that I, clemson was bad last year and they went 10 and 3 it's just it's not really a Clemson thing because we'll get to the the playoff stuff later. I don't think this Clemson team can compete at all with Ohio State and Alabama, but I'm not really asking them to. I'm asking them to win the ACC. Uh, so I've got Clemson. My sleeper pick, like dark horse, is North Carolina. Um, for no other, it's kind of the post hype sleeper. They got really hyped up last year, and maybe it was just a year too early. Um, I know they lose their quarterback, but they're they have a lot of talent on the team. So if they can nah. put that together, but nah. um, but I'll take Clemson. I'll be boring. So the playoff, um, you're gonna have I'll such a lame the, playoff with your pro- I know, conference it's, I mean, it's Same every year. I will put Utah in there. So I'm I'm gonna have Bama. I'm gonna have Ohio State. I think they're going to pigeonhole Georgia, even though Georgia's going to lose the SEC championship. They'll get in, same way Alabama did last year, because it's still ESPN and the SEC. Uh, but then I'll put Utah in there as that fourth team. So um, Bama one, Ohio State two, Georgia, whatever they end up doing with that. Georgia, it depends if, the, if ESPN wants the rematch of Bama and Georgia or not. Um, Georgia and Utah as my four. All right. I know it's boring. I have number one, Alabama, 12 and 0, 13 and 0, whatever they are at that point in the season. And oh, they're going to go 15 and 0 anyway. I also have Utah in the four (laughs) spot. Uh, Any newcomer to the college football playoff, I feel like, is like you're not allowed to go above four. They made that very clear. They got (laughs) to save the top three for the blue bloods. Reserve seating. Number two, I'm going totally out of order here. I don't care. Number two, I also have Ohio State. Number three, it's a wild card here Notre Dame losing to Ohio State. And then running the table, getting in as a one loss because their Marcus loss will Freeman. be. I have a theory that's probably been like proven by someone, but I've never bothered to look up that the earlier in the season your loss, the better. I think that's pretty clear, oh, yeah. right? In terms yeah. of rebounding, like if you if you lose a game, you automatically go down the standings at least five, unless it's like playing the number one team in the country and you go down to the wire. You're going down four or five spots. So if you lose in a conference championship game you're going down to fifth and you're out of the playoff. Right. Most of the time is what we've seen. Unless you're Bama or Georgia. <laughs> Notre Dame's loss will come to Ohio state in week one and they'll run the table and they'll just keep smacking hmm. people and smacking people. I think they keep it close in the shoe enough, you know, inside 10 points. Uh, so it's not an ugly loss. They're competitive. They get Clemson late in the season. 
They'll win that. Maybe USC's ranked when they play them to end the season. They'll win that. And beyond that, I mean, they got BYU. Like, they have good teams to, like, get their name on the ticker on their schedule, but not to threaten them too much. You know, BYU, Syracuse, USC, Boston College. Then they get big win against Clemson, UNC. Um, Yeah, I think they lose early. Gives Ohio State the path to the uh, college football playoff, and then they just stick around and let the rest take it take care of itself. Yeah, the schedule is there for Notre Dame because the, there's a lot of winnable games, but there's also Ohio State and Clemson and USC, right? So there's there's always those brand uh, big brand names. That's interesting. I don't think I've seen anybody picking Notre Dame. So that's, that very uh, much might have just been me, like so agonizingly <laughs> tired of the same. Because other than that, I was like, I don't see an see, ACC but- team in, and I don't see a Pac-12 team in, and I don't see a well, I have Utah. I don't see a Big 12 team in, and I I just like out of principle will not put a second team from the SEC or the Big Ten in. And you know what's what's funny about the current state of college football is uh, the let's go out on a limb. I'm sick of these same teams. I'm going to pick the team who's already been in twice. <laughs> these are the options they've left us with. This is, I mean, this is just, that's the nature of college football now. It's, All right, it's so really difficult to pick anyone else. We've both got Bama and Utah. I think it's obvious Utah comes out of that one, right? Oh, yeah. No, Bama for sure. into the net. For sure. <laughs> uh, I think I'll speak for both of us. So you've got uh, Ohio State and Georgia. Yeah, that would be the other matchup. I'll go. I'll go with an Alabama Ohio State national championship. Like okay. I think Ohio State's just gonna. I, Chip Patterson had this last year. He's a, uh, the host of the Cover Three podcast, where it was like Ohio State. They they get off the bus and score thirty. This might be Ohio State gets off the bus and scores forty. It's just you can just kind of chalk it up when you're looking at like game totals over unders for point totals just kind of take 40 and then add whatever you think the other team might be able to score and if the if the point total is 55 just assume 40 for ohio state and then just like okay can the other team get 15 yeah i think so okay i'm taking the over this ohio state offense is going to be so good that i think the defense as long as they're like top 20 top 25 which by ohio state's measure is an average defense they'll be just fine you uh you're engaged so you understand the misery of picking where you want to get food as a family (laughs) when you have too many options oh it's Um, the worst that is ryan day every time he opens his playbook on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> in the fall, he looks at it. He's like, he's got five plus it's like, either current or future all Americans to pick who he's going to give the ball to. You, you, or you, you just kind of, all right, what do you want? Uh, I don't know. What do you want? Uh, I don't know. Well, you open up the app. It's like, well, we've got uh, Chinese Thai food, bao buns, Mexican burgers. Uh, we could do a pizza pasta doesn't sound too bad like (laughs) Um, it's ordering it's it's ordering uber eats when you're both starving and everything is good and can you imagine like trying to tactically tactfully tacitly one of those two words call plays in like a total blowout you're you're beating 
I don't know who's on Ohio State's early in their schedule. Uh, you've got Arkansas State week two, right? And you're <laughs> up. It's like late in the third quarter. You've got walk-ons in. You're up by like 63. And you got to sit there and keep calling plays. Like at a certain point it gets to Madden, right? Where when it, when it's on too easy, you just call the same three plays and you just march yeah. down the field. That's Ohio Halfback state. Halfback dive, halfback power, yeah. halfback dive, they halfback could get... ISO. <laughs> like legitimately a team like Arkansas state or Toledo in week three, you might be able to call the same play over and over, like the same play over yeah. and over. Just give Travion Henderson the ball. And you like more drives than not, you'll score a touchdown. Yeah, with, with that yeah. roster. So anyway, this is not an Ohio have, State. Podcast if you have like the the, the NFL clarity. blitz where there's just like a one page, there's like six plays, and you show the other coach the playbook before the game. It's like, all right, I'm going to give you this six plays. You you can prep the whole week. We're only running this six plays. I think Ohio State still scores thirty. This is not <laughs> an Ohio State podcast much to the confusion of our listeners um and the regression to the mean has finally come we started in the big 10 west with pretty different standings i also have an alabama ohio state final college football playoff championship um so we we've come full circle we now have the same two teams in the in the championship and I have the same team that always wins the championship, yep. winning the championship. <laughs> it's another for Bama as much year. As, for as much as I just gushed about Ohio State, I think Bama wins by like two touchdowns. I think this yeah. Bama team is seriously terrifying good. Yeah. It's one of their years. It's an Alabama year. Get used to it. Get it in your head now. Number one all year undefeated national champion, Alabama Crimson yeah. Tide. I totally agree. Um Heisman, my actual pick is CJ Stroud. My for fun pick is uh, let's throw Anthony Richardson quarterback at Florida just to throw out. Um, I don't have it in front of me. I don't know if you remember this. They, this was like week seven last year and Florida, the, the Anthony Richardson, their quarterback, he, he was coming in in spot duty and he had on, on like, 25 touches he had like 18 touchdowns and like 42 yards a carry and like 60 yards per attempt it was just some ridiculous numbers um his ceiling is as high as anybody he probably won't hit it which is why it's the total dark horse flyer but uh he's a fun player man i need to start going first sometimes because i also had cj stroud <laughs> as my heisman pick uh talk about a, a dude in a good situation for heisman numbers yeah. all the publicity the perfect conference to make it to the playoff but get plenty of attention all season um and weapons everywhere and on top of that he's an excellent quarterback um boohoo i know kevin <laughs> if you had to pick a heisman winner from michigan state this year, who who's your guy? Jaden Reed. Yeah, over Peyton For Thorne? Sure. Yeah, because I think Reed would have I, – I just can't imagine a world – because if you're going to win as a quarterback, 
you're going to have to put up what 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't see that in the range of outcomes, but if you're going to win as a receiver slash punt returner, if, if they're using him that way, there's a little bit more wiggle room there where you could have 1600 yards receiving two rushing touchdowns, two punt return touchdown, you know, like there's at least a path there that's more realistic than Peyton Thorne's path. Yeah. He's also got that dog in him, which is pretty clear. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I could see it. The problem is as a, as a non quarterback, you pretty much have to win the national championship to like be in contention. <laughs> you have to be the best player on the national championship team. That's not a quarterback. Uh, so if we're like a 10 win team and Jaden Reed demolished Devonta Smith's like all of his statistics, he probably still wouldn't win the Heisman trophy. It's just the reality yeah. of it. Um, nonetheless, we got to button this thing up. Any parting words, um, before we get to football season, this no, is our last um, non-football season episode. I know it's so crazy at the off season. I, sometimes I think about it and think like, man, that went real quick. And sometimes I'm like, Jesus, it's been like eight years since I've had football on my TV. Right now I'm in the mode of like, it feels like it's been eight years since I've had football on my TV. I haven't watched a single NFL preseason game. I'm saving it for week one, week zero. I've got a, I've got a college football fantasy draft this weekend. It was the first time I've ever done it. Um, so that'll be interesting, but it's this Saturday night. I'm going to be doing a college fantasy draft while watching like Vanderbilt, Hawaii and I can't wait. If you ever Cannot question wait. Kevin Parker's commitment to college football, just know he's saving himself for Northwestern <laughs> and Nebraska. I am, dude. That's I how can't committed wait for that he is. Game. Committed to the craft. No, it's, it's, uh, I can't, I'm so excited that it's finally around the corner. I'm going to plug our pick em contest. Kevin knows the name, I know the gist of it run your pool you run can go your to runyourpool.com we'll be blasting out the invitations but you can download there's an app there's a desktop run your pool we will not be doing official week zero picks we want to get this pool up for week one uh so everyone can follow along and our podcast picks will follow what we're doing uh in that competition so follow along on social media get all the details for that it's going to be a lot of fun We'll have prizes. We're, we'll give shout outs, all the good stuff. Yeah. I was going to say we, we will have uh, at least a prize for sure. Um, we'll, we'll give some MSU swag. We'll, we'll do something. We haven't come up with something yet, but there will be a prize that'll be worth winning. So uh, make sure you're staying tuned and, and following along and make sure you get signed up because it's going to be a, a season long accumulation. So you don't want to miss those week one picks. That's it. Let's get to football season. Can't wait. So with that, hope everybody has a great weekend. Hope everybody uh, enjoys your week zero. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Until then, go green. Go white. Take care, folks.